are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the Internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Not our normal Monday show because the Packers didn't play. So we get to uh, eschew the normal uh, machinations of our Monday. I didn't really mean for it to start that sort of $5 wordy, but that's just where we went. We're going to go with it. We're, we're doing things that we haven't done all season because they haven't had a bye week all season. Uh, they didn't have a Thursday night, though. I guess I, I've done this before. Um, the, the Packers enter this week. With five games left, and they currently sit the number two seed in the NSC. If the playoffs started today, they would take on the San Francisco 49ers at Lambeau Field in the first round of the playoffs. Would that have some Packer fans a little nervous? I think it would. And and notwithstanding the fact that the Packers uh, were, were pretty impressive against them the first time around, it took a lot of, of officiating shenanigans for that game to be as close as it was. And Aaron Rodgers ultimately drove the, the, the team down at the end of the game to win it. Um, remember who made that field goal, by the way, Mason Crosby did. Uh, and I still think that would bring up a lot of scar tissue for a lot of fans. They would be pretty nervous about that. I, I don't know that you should be nervous, but I think that would that would certainly be the case. So they're the two seed and they're nine and three. But so is Tampa, who won in you know relatively impression, uh, impressive fashion on Sunday, beating a really, really bad Falcons team. I, I mean, I know that they were a, a trendy sleeper team coming into the season. There were some people who were high on them, thought the offense was going to be really good. Um, Calvin Ridley, who unfortunately uh, has not been with the team, is dealing with um, his mental health and some personal uh, issues. We don't really know exactly what's going on there, but he is doing what what he needs to do away from the team. With Kyle Pitts, you know, he's been really good, but the offense hasn't been consistent. The defense hasn't been good, and I, I don't know that we should have expected it to be good. They're a bad team, but the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat them. They're both 9-3. and three. The difference is the Packers currently hold that tiebreaker because they have one fewer conference loss. They're 7-2 and two in conference. Tampa is 6-3 and three in conference, and these things are going to matter at the end of the year. When we start tallying these things up, when we start trying to figure out, okay, what are the seedings going to be? These things are going to matter. And when you look at the schedules, now Tampa does not have an exceedingly difficult schedule. The the top teams all have at least one game that seemed like it could be a pressure point for them. Let's do the Packers last. You probably know Green Bay's schedule. The Bucs have the Bills, the Saints, the Panthers, the Jets, and the Panthers. Really the only game 
that you worry about if you're a Buccaneers fan is that Bills game because they can really score. Uh, they can rush the passer. They're very disciplined on the back end. They've got a very good secondary. Now, you'd feel better about it in Buffalo if you had Trey White. We'll see what happens tonight. Patriots, Bills, um, those teams are going to be fighting for that division, fighting for the number one seed. So these games are going to matter. At the end of the season, Panthers, Jets, Panthers. I mean, Tom Brady really gets to play the Jets with trying to pad his his playoff seating potential. I mean, we've been seeing this for 20 years. Come on. This is this is a movie we've all seen. And, and you would feel a little bit more nervous about the Saints game if they had an NFL quarterback, but they do not because Sean Payton is obsessed with Taysom Hill. I don't understand it. I've never understood it, but it's not my problem. Not my quarterback, not my problem. No way. So they're probably going to have three losses, maybe four. I don't think you can plan on it. I don't think you can bank on them losing a game. Arizona's schedule is much more difficult. They've got the Rams this week. Monster game in in the division, in playoff seedings. This is huge. Every Packer fan is a diehard, diehard Rams fan this week. And that would put the Packers back on solid footing with the Cardinals because the Packers have that head-to-head tiebreaker. Things get a little weird when you have a three-way tie. Uh, and and so that's that could also muddy the waters on all of this. Common opponent, all the like the 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 then the 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 seedings and the structures, it it goes crazy. But the Cardinals, I'm not convinced the Cardinals are gonna finish with just three losses. They've got the Rams. Lions, Colts, Cowboys, and Seahawks. And the Seahawks are almost certainly out of it, right? But they were out of it on Sunday and they beat a 49ers team very much in it. And like they're going to, with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, they're going to try and win all these games. They would love to play spoiler to the Cardinals. And the Cardinals are like, a 13 and four, maybe even 12 and five kind of team with this schedule. I mean, that Colts game is brutal. They're in Dallas for the Cowboys. The, like this is going to be a brutal schedule coming down the way. I think, I think the two teams fighting for that number one seed are Green Bay and Tampa Bay. And that was sort of what we thought coming into the year that the two best teams in the conference last year were going to be the two best teams in the conference again this year. And it is playing out that way. I think Tampa is sort of quietly going about their business. And part of the reason why they've flown under the radar a little bit is because they have, you know, losses to Taylor Heineke and Trevor Simeon. But they do have that extra loss relative to the Cardinals. I, I don't think it matters. I think both of those teams could end up going um, 14 and three, the Packers and, and the Buccaneers. I, I just don't see the Cardinals doing it. Now, the Packers schedule to close. They've got the one this week, Chicago, Sunday night. Then they go to Baltimore, home for Cleveland, home for Minnesota, and at Detroit. The Vikings, Jared Goff and the winless Detroit Lions beat the Vikings on Sunday. The Vikings are not a good football team, and by week 17, they could have eight, nine, ten losses they are probably not going to be in playoff contention at that point. Now, would they love to play spoiler to Green Bay? Absolutely, they would. But that game's at Lambeau. And the Packers are very much going to be in the mix, you know, assuming relative health here. 
for that number one seat. That's the whole point of this discussion, right? So the, the conference loss thing is also important. Let's say the Bucks and Packers each drop a game. If the Packers lose that Ravens game, for example, that doesn't affect their conference seating. So if they finish 13 and four and the Bucks finish 13 and four, then you, you keep that advantage because you lost to an AFC team. Green Bay has lost to the right opponents so far. That's good news. Now, the Ravens are so banged up. They let a, a just decrepit Pittsburgh Steelers offense uh, go up and down the field on them in the fourth quarter on Sunday, gave away a game. Um, now, they did go for two at the end to try and win it instead of going to overtime, which is a decision that I'm sure will be talked about ad nauseum today. Certainly Baltimore Sports Talk Radio. Um, I'm sure you're going to see it on all the shows, on all the all the national shows are going to talk about that decision. Um, by the way, a lot of the models really liked it. Some models were like, yeah, Edge Sports said kick the PAT. Uh, and then there were a lot of other analytics people on Twitter. Going, what are you talking about? Uh, the Browns. That game's at home. You expect to win that game. The Browns are a mess. And like I said, the Vikings, I mean, a home game right now, that's the Sunday night game for week 17. I don't know that that will stay the Sunday night game because the Vikings are probably not going to be in the mix. And then you've got Detroit in in the final week of the season. They're going to be favored in every single one of those games except the Baltimore game. And I bet the Baltimore game is less than a field goal. So... They're, they're, they're probably, they're better than every team on their, on their schedule remaining. And then you have this Ravens thing where they're, they're going to be favored at home because it's Vegas and because that's how it works. Um, but Baltimore doesn't seem very scary right now. They're a, a, a mess on both sides of the ball right now. The offense uh, is not clicking it's not gelling. It's it's sort of Lamar Jackson trying to do something. And, and I think against a disciplined defense, Pittsburgh showed it. Um, they weren't even able to rush the passer as well as Pittsburgh normally does. But these are these are all winnable games for Green Bay. I don't think they need to get to 14 and three. 13 and four could be enough. It just depends on everything else breaking the right way. Win out. I th- if, if the Packers win out. They're the one seed. And I know that that's not technically true because the Cardinals could win out too. I just don't see that happening. And their schedule, obviously much tougher, but also their uh, consistency. Kyler Murray twists one ankle, half an ankle. If he's just 75% Kyler Murray, that offense takes a big hit. They're, They're just not, I think, as safe a bet to close out the season, they're going to get that one loss, I think, at least. Now, again, the three-way tiebreakers get wild. And so th- that could factor in here as well. Um, I don't, because it is quite the rabbit hole, I don't want to go down it right now. But we we can, as we get closer, if it looks like that's a possibility. So let's let's be unequivocal about it. Not, not mathematically, but if for all intents and purposes... If the Packers win out, they will be the one seed. I, that is going to happen. You can write it down. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win out. I think building in a loss here or there is probably smart. 
just because it's really tough to win in the league. It's really tough to go on the road and get a win against a very good Baltimore team. Teams do not regularly go into Baltimore and get wins. You have to focus on beating the Bears this week. But the Bears did not put up much of a fight against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, and Green Bay is going to be rested coming off a bye. Who knows? We're going to keep an eye on the injury report this week to see could we see David Bakhtiari back to practice? Could we see Jay Alexander back at practice? Could we see Zadarius Smith back at practice? He hinted that that could be coming. So all things to think about here as we as we come down the stretch. But I just wanted to give that sort of schedule reset, figure out, OK, where do the Packers stand right now? Where are they going and where do they have to get to? What is the requirement here because of of everything that is on their plate at this moment? You want to be the one seed. The difference in that bye week is huge, especially this year when you have this this jumble of teams and everyone is so competitive and no one is really separating themselves. That is that is when you you need that buy because there are all these chaos teams. I mean, the 49ers could get hot. You don't want to see the 49ers at Lambeau. You don't you you don't wait and and let everyone beat up on themselves, and then you get to to cakewalk to round two. And I don't mean cakewalk like a bad team, I mean like just go. Uh, that is the much preferred route. And, and all of the models, by the way, agree with that. All the teams that have first round buys are much more likely to get to the Super Bowl by their probabilities just because you don't have to win that extra game. Now, is that does that assure you're going to be able to, to do that? No, of course, the Packers proved that last year. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs, the one seed, and they lost at home. Now, different situation, different team, and different stadium setup. They're going to be able to pack Lambeau this time very different, but they they need to win these games coming home. The good news for them is I think you can probably bake in a loss for all of these top teams that just is the prudent thing. Chances are they will lose one of these games. And because Green Bay already has the head-to-head tiebreaker with Arizona and the conference tiebreaker with Tampa, the likeliest outcome is they are still at the top if they finish with the same record as those teams, depending on what that loss is. If you lose that Baltimore game again, that is the one. If you're going to lose one, that's the one to lose or the Browns game. But at home, you expect to beat an inferior Browns team. Let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. Um, then then you you give yourself that chance to be the one seed, to have everything come through Lambeau and really have have the best shot possible to go win the Super Bowl. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff. Well, I'm going to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. And if you're like me, just about every day you stare into the cabinet going, I don't have anything good to eat. I, I did it. I did it yesterday because I was a little, had a little, little too much to drink the night before. We were out at a, a gala event and I needed, I just needed something delicious. And I, I, needed the sustenance. Cheese is always my go-to. 
and and not just not just any kind of cheese, just the cheese. And just the cheese is everything you can want from cheese, but it's also the crackers, but without the crackers. Just the cheese brings you cheese, 100% cheese, no fluff, no filler, like you've never had it before as a salty baked snack. It's cheese and crackers without the crackers, which means without the unnecessary carbs. I like the jalapeno. Uh, it's cheesy. It's spicy. It is, it's a great go-to throw it in my bag if I'm running out, running errands just to have something to, to snack on. That's also delicious. No complicated recipes, all, no almond flour that makes you feel like you're eating health food, just natural cheese baked until it's crunchy to give you a great taste of Wisconsin cheese with the crackle of a cracker. Support multiple Midwest businesses and get just the cheese at Quick Trip. So the Packers, they're, they're coming out of this bye week hoping to get healthy. We've been saying that all year. And we don't know what the status of Kevin King is. Okay. And we don't know what the status of Jair Alexander is. But the Packers are going to have some decisions here about how they want their secondary to look. How do they want it to look? Right now, Eric Stokes has taken over that sort of number one corner job. And he is your starter now. He's in the starting lineup. That's it. It's his job. After that, Shannon Sullivan is pretty entrenched in the slot. But that can always change, right? When Jair Alexander comes back, assuming he can, and again, we don't know if he can, what does it look like? What does the best group look like? We talk about this with the offensive line. Matt LaFleur likes to say, we want to put our best five out there. So what is their best five? What does it look like? Where does it go? Because the Packers like to do a lot of different um, mixing of coverages. They like to mix personnel. They like to play those three safety looks. They like to play um, big nickel. And that means you're going to have your nickel on the field a lot. Do you want to bring back Jair Alexander and expose him to the hits that he's going to take in that nickel role? Do you want to bring back Jair Alexander and put him right away on the boundary as the number one? And what happens to Russell Douglas? How does the, how does the rotation play out? I don't think... And this is a lot of people have have suggested. I've seen it on Twitter a bunch, and 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 I've heard it um, that when Jair Alexander comes back, that Eric Stokes and Russell Douglas have played well enough that they can just stay your boundary corners, and you put Jair on the slot. Well, no. <laughs> Easy enough. No, not not as a matter of course. Not just this is what they do now. I have not liked the Rams approach with Jalen Ramsey this year where he's been the star and he's played a ton in the slot. And you heard Sosa Kermenjus on Locked on Rams say it on our show last week uh, that or two weeks ago that they they were blitzing him and he was playing in the slot a lot. And, and you're not allowing him to match these top flight receivers. And so... You're, you're doing Jair a disservice by not letting him do what he does best. Now, he's a playmaker. You can play him anywhere. It's not about that. It's not like he wouldn't be good. But 
you have a solid slot corner in Shannon Sullivan. I do think the best three corners that you can put on the field in nickel are Russell Douglas, Eric Stokes, and Jair Alexander. But but that doesn't mean that I always want those guys to be in those spots. Now, how, how cross-trained is Eric Stokes? Could he play in the slot? You don't want Russell Douglas in the slot. It's it's not an easy call for me. Now, situationally, do I see it making sense in some of these situations? Against Minnesota, who's going to play Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson in the slot a bunch? Would you want just Jair Alexander, you've got Justin Jefferson wherever he goes. And and you build your defense around that. You could. You could do that. Now, most teams don't like to do that. Uh, Mike Pettin traditionally didn't like to do that because he felt it made made you too predictable. I, I don't see Joe Barry wanting to do that. But situationally, I like it. Justin Jefferson in the slot on third down. All right, Jair Alexander's there. But you also, you can't be predictable by alignment and formation on what your coverage is. Because if you're going to put Jair on the slot, presumably it's because you want him covering the guy in the slot. But in zone coverage, he's not doing that. Not really, and not always. And so... Now, are you taking away your best boundary guy from playing the boundary when he is going to play something closer to man coverage, even on the even on the, the, the boundary and zone, because he's going to have a man responsibility in his area? I don't want to take Jair Alexander away from coverage so that he can play underneath. Now, do I think he'd be an awesome playmaker in there? Yes. Do I do I love the idea of him blowing up? Um, a running back in the backfield because he's flying off the corner in the in the slot. Yes. Do I love the idea of him slot blitzing? Yes. And do I think all of these things could be done in um, in moderation in small doses? Yes. I I think Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the league. I want him playing corner. And in this defense, you're assuring your corner is covering people. Basically every play by putting him on the boundary. That's not the case in the slot. And that's part of the appeal in a lot of ways of putting Jalen Ramsey there because he gets to be a rover. He gets to be a maverick. He gets to be a wild card. He gets to be this queen on the chessboard. But I I don't like that approach for Jalen Ramsey because he's not Derwin James. Derwin James, that's what you want him doing. You want him playing everywhere, deep. Box, slot, pass rusher. He can do everything. You want him playing all those spots. I want Jalen Ramsey covering guys. I want Jalen Ramsey taking out DeAndre Hopkins, taking out Devontae Adams, such that he can. I mean, obviously he can't. He tried and failed. I want Jair Alexander covering people. Could he be a playmaker? Yes. But if that's what you want, why haven't you given Darnell Savage a shot there? Because I think he that's that's a role where he can thrive. Well, they kind of have because they've been playing some single high robber where Darnell Savage is playing in the underneath zone and he can do it that way. They've they've proven, I think, the coaching staff has, that they deserve the benefit of the doubt when it comes to these discussions. That they the the Kevin King Allocation of snaps aside, they have proven this year to be adaptable, to be resourceful, to be diligent, and to be prepared. They consistently have good 
plans. Now, did the Vikings jump them a little bit with this backfield package with Justin Jefferson? Yes. Credit to the Vikings for doing that. Good for you. Their coaches get paid too. I don't, I, I don't really blame the Packers for that. I think they will do when when and if Jair comes back. And remember, this is all predicated on the idea that, idea that he's coming back. We don't know for sure that he's coming back. But if he is, I want to see him on the outside. And, and again, I understand that that takes, that does not put your best three corners on the field because I, I think Russell Douglas to date has played better than Shannon Sullivan. I think Eric Stokes has played better than Shannon Sullivan. I'd much rather, Eric Stokes is going to be on the field. I mean, it's going to, Eric Stokes is going to be one of the three. It's going to be Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and someone. And I'm fine with them mixing and matching. Now, frankly, I'm also fine saying, Shannon Sullivan, your best position on the Packers in the last three years has been dime safety. And you just take Henry Black snaps, you light them on fire, and you give them to Shannon Sullivan. And you say, okay, in these big nickel looks, you're the guy. And Jair is going inside. I love that. I love that. Love that. Do that. That's my that's my solution here. When Jair comes back, put him in the slot. But also, if you're going to play big nickel with three safeties, put Shannon Sullivan in the Henry Black role. Because I'd, I'd much rather, I'd feel so much better if you've got Justin Jefferson coming out of the backfield, trying to win against Shannon Sullivan, then, then Henry Black. He's not the tackler that Black is. He's not the physical presence that Black is. They're not that different in terms of size. But I, I love that in dime. Love that. So in nickel, fine. Keep Jair on the outside, Shannon Sullivan in the slot. But in dime or in those big nickel looks, if you're going to have four corners on the field or you're going to have three safeties on the field, I would love it if you put Shannon Sullivan at that third safety so that Henry Black does not have to play because he just he's just not built for those situations. Today's episode, speaking of built, oh man, that was an unintentional segue. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar in a lot of cases. Uh, they're the, the coconut brownie Built Bar is like my favorite candy bar. It's incredible, but it's low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, and they're delicious. Delicious and healthy. So many flavors you have to choose from. You've got double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, mint brownie, bonus flavors all the time, and they give you extra fuel, extra fuel that you need in the holiday season. Maybe to just get, get to work, you need something, grab and go, or you need... Something in middle of the day. I'm I'm like a 2.30, 3 o'clock snacker. I'm also like a late morning snacker. And it's it's actually a really good thing late morning because you you feel like you're getting something that's good. It's not quite lunch food. You still feel like, okay, this is kind of, um, it's a bar. It's kind of breakfast. It's in between, but it's delicious and it's covered in chocolate. When am I going to ever say no to chocolate? No, thank you. Uh, my family, they don't know it yet, but they're getting built bars in their stockings. That's a true story. I'm pointing to the stockings just, just out the door here on the mantle. They're going to get built Bars in their stocking stuffers. They're a great stocking stuffer because they do taste like candy, but they're better for you, a lot better for you than candy. They taste so good, you will not believe they're filled with protein. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. 
Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile device to sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. How you doing? Crossover Thursday, live show Friday, then live show after the game on Sunday. Packers, Bears, it is rivalry week again. Let's do this. Let's go. And the Packers can clinch. So it's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great week to talk Packers. They're going to get back at it. And maybe we'll maybe we'll get a little a little treat. Maybe we'll get to see some of these injured guys back out there on the field uh, with an opportunity to help this team down the stretch. We're down to it. Five games left and three are against your NFC North rivals. You've got two against the AFC North, some some throwback games, you know, Packers, Browns. That's that's a throwback Uh, Packers, Ravens, not so much, but uh, still a fun one. Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers. So it is going to be a blast. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen. Thanks to everyone who has shared their wraps from Spotify. Keep sharing them. I will keep sharing them with everyone else on the Locked on Packers uh, Twitter handle. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. I iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.